Hey, and welcome back to the Urban Kingdom podcast. So this episode is going to be a little different than our other ones. In this episode, I'm talking alone, and I'm just going to explain a little bit about the history of the Urban Educators Collective, how we got together, and then I'm going to share a little bit about empowerment. So let's get right into the episode. So today's episode is built based on a premise that I have. It's not a very controversial one, and yet it has caused a lot of controversy (laughs) In my life, I have lost jobs, lost relationships. There's just been a lot of turnaround in my life for this belief. My family's always supported me in this belief. And when you hear it, you're going to think it's not controversial. But I can promise you that it is. I can promise you that in real life and daily experience, if you'd stand up in a crowd and you said it, people would say, yeah, yeah, I believe in that. But if you would begin to put into practice this belief, you would stand out. Now, before I talk about that, I want to talk a little bit about our collective. We get a lot of questions from people. What are you? What do you do? Why do you exist? Going to get into that today. So the Urban Educators Collective has a fairly simple vision. All right. We desire to impact eternity through urban education. Okay. And we do that by telling stories, building together, enabling others. Okay. Tell stories, build together, enable others. So how did we start? Many of you will know about Faith Builders and they're every couple of years they have an event called Reach where a bunch of different ministries will go and show off basically what they're what they're doing. And it gives people an opportunity to go and learn about these ministries, possibly even possibly even become a part of the ministry, so on and so forth. I think about 2000 people are there at one time. It's an incredible event. This past year I couldn't go. I had a migraine and Our school goes every year, has a stand, as well as other urban schools. And a lot of people will go even though they don't have stands and stuff like that. A number of the administrators that were there sort of bumped shoulders in the hallway. And they said, hey, we really need to start working together. Like we need to get like a collective together. We kind of all caught wind of it. And we began to dream and think about what that could look like. And the truth is, many of us had a vision for this for a long time. Many of us were feeling like we should really get some kind of collective going. Um, But many of the schools that started in the last 10 years started on their own power. They didn't get a whole lot of help from other people. And that really is a shame because when we collaborate with each other, we do better. You know, one could even make a case that it's borderline unbiblical to be so independent as we were. I think it's somewhere in Romans it says, whereas in one body we have many members, right? And it speaks of if we have a gift, we should use it, right? These, the whole implication being that these gifts support the whole body, right? And if we as Christians had more of a global mindset, and in this case, more of a national mindset, then maybe we would have been collaborating sooner, right? Uh, Ecclesiastes 4 um, says two are better than one, right? And so if we would understand that if we were not meant, we were not made by God to work independently, right? We would have been together sooner, but... Like I said, we were all kind of dreaming of this for a while. I remember I was attending Faith Builders, I'm 26 now, so seven years ago, and I they make you do a mentoring program, which you know I'm passionate about mentoring, and one of the reasons is what I experienced in mentoring there at Faith Builders. They make you do a life plan or a life map. They're actually two different things, but I forget which it was. And in my life plan, I said that I in 20 years, I want to see all the urban schools and the Anabaptist community working together. And thankfully, you know, God works in powerful ways. It didn't take 20 years, right? And it's not because of me. Again, I wasn't even at the conference, right? But eventually we pulled together and made this happen. So how do we make it happen? Well, 
there's a man that actually life coaches several people in our collective. His name's Lyndon Risser. And he'd be disappointed to hear that I'm name dropping him, but I'm doing it anyway. And I'll tell you why in a second. He has a um, conference center. He used to own Dynatech Generators, which is now like Supreme something. I forget what it's called now. But in that place, he kept a room that he uses for conferences. And it's actually, he has an ongoing one called The Clarity Factor. I think if you look up theclaritifactor.com, you'll find it. You really should check it out. It's an event that's potentially life-changing to you. And it supports ministries um, like the ones in the collective. So we met in his conference room after having a group chat for, I don't know, um, several months thereafter reach. And in that room were about seven different schools represented. I was a part of one at the time. I no longer am. And we sat together and through Lyndon's direction, we made a 10-year plan, which if you were ever mentored or coached by Lyndon, you would understand. Uh, we made a 10-year plan. We created a vision and we decided what we were going to do. And ever since we've been executing on that plan, and I give credit to the members, but we've been executing pretty directly what we've wanted to do we made a determination. We want to start, have 30 schools in our collective by 2030. And that's a really, really lofty vision, right? That's pretty crazy. But the belief is that God can do anything, right? We believe that God believes in urban education. We believe that God believes in providing safe Christian education in places where it may not be offered. And um, we're not going to shy away from dreaming big because we believe that God has invested in that dream. And just, we know that through all the stories uh, even just how people got their buildings, right? How people were able to land the buildings that they have, even schools that are starting up right now in our collective that are hoping to launch next year. These schools, the way that they're getting what they're getting can only be a God thing. And I firmly believe that there is nothing in the world more exciting than seeing clear proof that God is working. There is nothing more exciting. So where are we today? Today we have a school I'll just name off the places. We have a school in Detroit, Michigan, Reading, PA, York, PA, Baltimore, Maryland, Brooklyn, New York, Williamsport, PA, Harrisburg, PA, Lancaster, PA, and Los Angeles, California. We have a school in Shenandoah, PA. Um, I don't know if I named Reading already, but we have several schools in Reading now. And hopefully I'm not missing anyone there. But there's also schools that we're hoping to see start up. And there's a school potentially starting up in Canada, which would make us technically international, right? And um, other schools that are starting that we foresee potentially joining the collective in the future. Certainly seeing God, again, work in investing in Christian education in cities. And it's an amazing thing. So I think we're around 11 or 12 schools at the moment. And that is an amazing thing. There's so many. If you wanted to do a tour of the collective schools, you could take a week or two weeks and you could drive, you know, all across the country to see these different schools in different places. And one of the reasons I'm doing this episode today is because there's so many people who don't know, one, about the collective, but more importantly, about these individual schools. You know, they, I, I, when I was teaching in York, there were so many people that I'd come across in my uh, six years there um, that had never heard of York Tidings of Peace, but had been to York, had been, you know, knew of the church didn't know there was a school. There is an endless amount in just Anabaptist communities of opportunity to share God's story. But there, beyond that even, there are so many people that are raising an eyebrow, interested in what God is doing in urban education. Some of the things that we do, obviously you're listening to this podcast, so you know that we have a podcast, right? We do presentations, different places. Um, typically what it is is when we land a promotional event or we land a promotional opportunity, 
we mentioned the collective. We mentioned that we're working together with other, other schools. We're not selfish. We're not self-absorbed. If we are promoting ourselves, we're promoting each other. We could call it rooting for rivals, but we're not even rivals. We're, we're teammates. We're all on the same team. So we do do presentations and talk about what the needs are, um, trying to help raise money for new schools that want to start, help schools that are wanting to expand. Um, we meet monthly as, a, as administrators and as people of the collective to discuss our vision, to give support to each other, to laugh together, all those things as well. And then there are two events I want to share with you. One is we're doing a student convention, um, hopefully starting next year, but maybe it'll come a little later than that, um, of just different students from every school coming together and for a few days competing, investing in themselves and each other, and just really excited about what that could mean to empower the giftings and the talents of our students. The other one is a called a staff summit happening this year in August, happening this year in October. It's kind of like teachers conference at Faith Builders, but for urban educators. And we're just incredibly excited about what that could mean to train together, to think together. So this collective is not just about, you know, 12 men. And um, I think Jess is the only woman in our collective right now. Um, she's an administrator at um, or works at LA Road in Los Angeles. It's not about them just getting together and talking and, you know, having fun. You know, it's eventually going to be all of our staff, well over 100 people getting together and collaborating. And when you get that many people that are all God-fearing, God-loving people, you get some true power. You get a body that can do a lot of things. And um, the fact that we're all at home, all have communities of hundreds, sometimes thousands of people, um, is also indicative of the, of the power of what God can do through collaboration. So what does this mean for y'all listening at home? Well, if you're interested in assisting a school, in becoming aware of the needs, in getting in touch with one of us, go to uecollective.org. You know, look at the website, get in contact with somebody, get down an email, reach out to us. If you're looking to potentially start a school or start a daycare, any of those things, we are the people to contact. You don't have to do these things alone. You don't have to operate in isolation. There's so many people who are willing, able, capable um, to help you and assist you. You guys can now have what many of the schools in our collective did not, right? And so there, there's so much potential for you to have a far more developed, well-done startup now that you have all these people to assist you and all their resources. A few exciting things on the horizon. I think I mentioned most of these, but, you know, like I said, we're throwing several events in the next two years. Uh, you'll have continued podcasts right here. Um, and again, please share the podcast, get it out to people, because when we share these stories, even though they're not all linked or connected to one of our schools, they are telling what God is doing in urban settings. And that is really all we're trying to do is just share the story. Um, we are looking into the possibility of creating a package to convert kids clubs to, into schools. If you listen to my kids clubs um, podcast, you'll, you'll know how I feel about them. You'll know what I believe the potential could be and how limited they can be. We're looking to put our money where our mouth is and try to package and support people and convince them that they could convert their kids' clubs into schools. So that's a new project that we're working on. And then we're also, again, hoping to go international. You know, there are people talking in Canada, and um, hopefully there are other people who approach us to say, hey, there's there's people that want to start um, across the border even in investing in places that, that people who need education and need a Christian education need to be empowered, need to have somebody believe in them. You know, I attended a school here in New York that had 1,800 students, 
and it was not hard to be missed. You know, it was not hard to feel small, to feel like a little tick, you know, on a big canvas. And we are determined to make schools where that does not happen, where everybody's recognized, everybody is noticed, everybody's given time of day, and everybody's encouraged to love God. Again, you can go to uecollective.org. This whole episode, albeit short, is sort of just a promotion for the collective. And so we want you guys to know to know that we exist, to know that we're there and know what we're doing to know why, and to be able to be able to invest if you're interested to be able to grow with us, if that's something that you'd be interested in. Again, we exist to impact eternity through urban education. We tell stories, we build together, and we enable others. And we want to have 30 schools in our collective by 2030, and you listening and everyone that you know can play a part in that. So reach out to us to learn how you can help. Okay, okay, okay. So I know that I gave you a little bit of tease earlier here in the podcast and just going to set the stage for the next episode here. I was not exaggerating. Um, this topic is potentially one of the most important maybe soapboxes in my life. And it will not be the first time or last time you'll see an episode <laughs> on this subject. Um, and that's what the collective gets for making me the host because I'm going to talk about it all the time. This really has cost me a lot of relationships. It's cost me a lot of, you know, peace with people who have different perspectives on life and different perspectives on how much you can trust other people, how much, you know, how much potential is there really in um, cities and young people. Um, but, but here's my controversial take. My controversial take is that my controversial take is that young people are worth believing in. Yep. That's my controversial take. And you probably hearing that saying, well, yeah, of course. But I, I take it to such an extreme that you're almost not going to believe the things that I say. Right. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. I'm looking forward to unpacking for you um, some of the some of the war stories, some of the successes, some of the failures of believing in young people, because I'm not giving the impression that if you just believe in somebody, um, you know, you're never going to get burned. You're never going to get stabbed in the back. But I am thoroughly convinced that if you believe in young people, they will rise up and they will not make you a liar. Um, There's so many people in the world that don't truly believe in young people from cities. They think that they're all hooligans. They think that they're all deficient, degenerate. They believe that they're just full of wickedness. My experience is that that's just simply not true. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you about it. Make sure you turn into the next episode so you can hear more about that. Until next time, thanks for listening.